How y'all doing? I don't know if y'all know this or not. In other campuses, you just kind of imagine this. Um, on Sundays, when we come out of the first worship set, and uh, the worship team, like happens at all of our campuses, they make their way off the stage, and I make my way on the stage. Usually, Pastor Fuller and I have a comment or two. And usually, he lets me know, Really great things like, man, they are dialed in today. Or, man, they got the energy today. He just looked at me and said, they're sleepy. <laughs> Wake up! What's up? How y'all doing? Come on, welcome all of the campus locations. Let them know that we're glad they're here. Durham, Coffee House, Garner, keep it going, Sanford. North Raleigh, Columbia, Thekatown, Kenya, North Durham, Hillsboro, and those of you watching church online, welcome, welcome, welcome to Guardrails Part 3. Are you guys all right? See, I don't think you're sleepy. I think you're there. Hey, I am so glad you are here. If you're a guest here, um, my name is Benji. I get the unbelievable privilege of serving with a great group of staff who absolutely love and honor this church. And we are so thrilled that you are here today. I want to just ask you a quick question today before we pray. Would you, in this moment, ask God to speak to your heart today? Because again, if you're a guest, you need to know this about us. We're, we're not into playing church. We're not, into, we're not into trying to be some organized religion. Amen. But we are about lifting up the name of Jesus. We are about diving into God's word. And we are about giving our lives to God because we take this stuff seriously. There's my people. There's, there, there they are. But from the balcony to the floor to all of our campuses locations to all of you online, would you just ask right now as I get ready to pray, would you just say, God, speak to me? Let's pray. Father God, we're on humble ground, holy ground. Would you speak to us today? God, as my brothers and sisters have gathered here, and I believe many of them are going to take me up on that challenge. They're going to ask you right now, God, speak to my heart today. Just tell them in your own words. Ask God to give you a word today. And collectively, Father God, we ask that you would take our minds and think through them. Take our hearts and fill with them. Take my lips, Father God, and speak through them. For if you do not speak today, then absolutely nothing of any significance will have been spoken. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And the people of God said together, amen, amen, amen. So we're on guardrail three. And we've been talking every single week about the importance of putting up some sturdy guardrails in your life to keep your life out of the ditch. 
to keep your life on track. And just like five years ago, the engagement has been sky high. This series, in a very real sense, is a game changer for you and for me if we apply what we're learning. Today's guardrail is a little different than the previous two guardrails that we've been talking about. I mean, we've been talking about some heavy stuff up in here. We've been talking about how alcohol can wreck your life if you can't learn to drink responsibly. We've talked about it is perfectly fine to be a person who says, you know what, I'm not going to touch the stuff. It's just in my family. It causes problems. I have a proclivity for addiction. I'm staying away from it. But for those who can drink responsibly, we've been talking about that. But if you can't, it will wreck your life. Last week, oh my, we talked about sex and healthy sex and what using sexuality or sex in general can do and damage your life and destroy the respect and honor of those who love you most. Today, today I'm going to talk about a guardrail that's a little different than those two guardrails. Today, this is a guardrail whereby if you plant it, it will actually help you keep all the other guardrails firmly planted in your life. In other words, it's, it's at the top of the list in terms of importance. Let me say that again because it's really important. If you let God speak to you today, and if you plant this particular guardrail, and I'm so glad to see everybody taking notes. Grab that pen, grab those teaching notes. You want to get this one key sentence because this is what the whole message is built upon. If you will plant the guardrail that I'm going to talk about today, it will be one of the most important guardrails because it will be so foundational that it will enable you to keep all the other guardrails up in your life. And so to get to that, I want to read a poem to you. And as I'm reading the poem, I want you to try to guess what the subject is. I'm not going to tell you. Here it is. I am your constant companion. Again, you try to figure out the subject. I am your greatest helper and your heaviest burden. I will push you onward or drag you down to failure. I am completely at your command. Half the things you do might just as well turn over to me. And I will be able to do them quickly and correctly. I am easily managed. You must merely be firm with me. Show me exactly how you want something done. And after a few lessons, I will do it automatically. I am the servant of all great men Alas, of all failures as well. Those who are great, I have made great. Those who are failures, I have made failures. I'm not a machine though. Though I work with all the precision of a machine plus the intelligence of a man. You may run me for profit or run me for ruin. It makes no difference to me. Take me. Train me. Be firm with me. And I will put the world at your feet. Be easy with me. And I will destroy you. 
who am I? Oh, I wish you could see the energy in the room right now as you lean in. Who am I? I'll tell you. I am habit. I'm habit. Habits can make you or they can do what, church? The one habit of highly effective Christians, the one guardrail that highly effective Christians put into place again, which is foundational, that enables all the other guardrails to usually, not always, stay in place, is the habit of weekly worship. The habit of what? Weekly worship. Write it in. It's a guardrail. You probably have never thought of it that way before, but it is a guardrail. Now, please know, let me just say on the front end, I am fully aware that worship is more than a habit. I'm fully aware that worship is more than a Sunday morning deal. But there is no denying when you read the Bible that the Word of God, God Himself, with all of His wisdom, has put into place for the believer the guardrail of weekly worship. Honoring the Sabbath. Let's read Scripture. You guys love the Word of God? Amen, amen. Here we go. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it what? You guys aren't sleepy. You guys are awesome. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or your daughter. You guys want to read scripture together. I love it. Let's go. Go. Nor your male or female servant nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your town. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. He did what, church? He rested on the seventh day. Therefore, everybody say, therefore. therefore. The Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it Made it what? Holy. Holy. Now the Bible is pleading with us to actually keep the Sabbath holy. The Sabbath is Sunday. In ancient Israel's history, it was Saturday. Jesus then rose from the dead on Sunday. Sabbath became Sunday, the Lord's Day. And the Bible is encouraging us, challenging us to keep it holy. And in a day and age where very few things are holy anymore, in a day and age and a post-Christendom culture, Sundays are not typically holy in, the, in, in America anymore. Except maybe for companies like Chick-fil-A. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Anybody like Chick-fil-A? Anybody like the Chick-fil-A sauce? Just hook me up right there. Just, when I'm eating the chicken nuggets, just hook me up. Like I went to a campus not long ago. I, I won't say the campus's name, uh, North Raleigh. Anyway, um, I went to North Raleigh campus and we had to get together and Chick-fil-A delivered all the chicken platters, but they forgot the Chick-fil-A sauce. Oh, oh yes, they did. 
And you know what they did? They went back and got it. Because we let them know it is a sin. It is in the book of Hesitations, chapter 3, verse 3. Thou shalt not eat chicken nuggets without Chick-fil-A sauce. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, it's a trip. So many of you are going to be craving Chick-fil-A today, and you can't go get it. I take great delight in that. Have you ever noticed, like, I usually crave Chick-fil-A most on Sundays. Have you noticed this? Like, I've pulled up in the parking lot on several occasions, and there's nobody there. You too. I was reading an article this week where um, Chick-fil-A has actually started to try to open some stores in the north. Did you know this? True, true story. And they're opening, the one I read about was, I think it was near Manhattan, up in New York. And, and they, they were getting a lot of pressure from the, the, the city council and governmental officials because they couldn't for the life of them understand why they would not be opened on a Sunday. The Bible's telling us that Sunday is a sacred day. It's a holy day. And we are to remember that day, keep it holy. And the primary way in which we do that is exactly what you are doing today. Well done. You're in the house of the Lord on the Lord's day. You're keeping it holy. Amen? So let's keep talking about this. The habit of worship is so incredibly important. Watch this. Romans 12. We were in the Old Testament in that last passage. Look at Romans 12. Therefore, I what? This is Paul. He's writing to the church in Rome. He says, I urge you. I plead you. I implore you. I challenge you. I encourage you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as what? A living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Watch this, talking about the world and the culture and Sunday's really no longer sacred. Watch this. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His what, church? His good, pleasing, and perfect will. When a man or a woman forms habit, not occasional, not when I feel like it, not when somebody's calling me to play golf, not when the fish are biting, glory to God. If you follow me, you know I have been on the fish. Like, I've been slaying them for the last two days. Largemouth bass. Pictures on Twitter, Facebook, if you want. Am I boasting? Probably. <laughs> but I couldn't just say, you know what? Hey, I'm not going to church tomorrow because the fish are biting. I thought about it for a moment. But I can't do that. Because for 30 years now, I've developed the habit of on Sundays, I'm going to be in the house of the Lord regardless. I'm going to be in God's church. It is a guardrail. It is a habit that you are living out today. Again, well done. Great job. But it is, is it yet for you a weekly habit? 
few key notes. Write this in. We worship God with our what? With our bodies. We worship God with our bodies. The, the palpable, tangible body that you're in right now, it is a body thing. I am engaged in worship. Look at what Mark says. Let's read this out loud. Ready? Go. Love the Lord your God with all your, and all your, and all your, and all your strength. The last part of that verse is your body. Like you don't, you're not aware of this because I'm really the only one right now that can see all of you. You are a beautiful group of people, by the way. And I know it's just the same way at the campuses. But do you know that when I stand up on Sundays or a campus pastor stands up on Sundays and they look around, they can tell who is engaged and leaning in to worship with their bodies. Posture is important. Those who are leaning in, those who sing and engage. You say, well, I'm not a singer. That's fine. But are you engaged? Are you leaning in? When someone reads the word of God, am I leaning in with a posture of humility and hunger saying, God, I'm here not out of religious obligation. I'm here because I love you with all of my what? Heart, mind, soul, strength, body. I'm here dialed in with a Posture gives me a chance to talk about online church for a moment. Like if you're watching this online, we love you and we are so glad you are dialed in today. But I worry, I've said this before, I worry in this day and age that more and more people just might say, you know what, I'm not going to go to church. I'm just going to watch it on the computer. That's not what the Bible talks about when it talks about worshiping God in the presence with our body. Hebrews 10 says, let us not give up the habit of what? Meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Man, that was relevant back then. It is relevant today. So if you're watching this online or you're sitting here today and this just happens to be one of the days you came to church, I would say to you, no, 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 no. The reason we have online church is for our guests to check us out first. It's for you when you're sick or when you're traveling, but it is a window to look into new hope. It is not a door. So we invite you to come on out of your apartment, come on out of your home, come on out of wherever you are watching it on your smartphone and come through a door and worship God with us, with your body. Amen. Yeah, let them know. Let them know. Come on in. Come on in. Secondly, write this down. We worship God with our heart and soul. We worship God with our heart and soul. Just as God made a bird to fly, listen, listen, listen. God has made you to worship. You will worship something or someone. Everybody always has. The question is, who are you going to worship? And you were created and designed to worship 
God. You were created and designed to worship God in and through the person and the presence of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. You were designed to worship. I put it like this, maybe in your teaching notes. God wants a relationship with you. That's not in there. Write that in your teaching notes. He wants a love relationship with you into which some of you guys are like, I'm not sure I'm down with the old lovey-dovey thing. Reminds me of a guy who was in marriage counseling. Their marriage was on the rocks. And the woman says, he never tells me he loves me. And he goes, I don't know why I need to tell you I love you. I told you when I married you, I'll let you know if it ever changes. <laughs> and so many people kind of live into that kind of relationship with God and it just becomes sterile and it becomes stoic and it becomes cold. And God wants a relationship with you, a love relationship with you. And I know it's gonna look different for all of us. Women might have a tendency to be a little more expressive. Some women might not. Some men might be expressive. It's gonna look different for all of us. But it's a relationship that culminates every single week when I walk into the house of God with the people of God to hear the word of God, I'm engaged in worship. The great brother Lawrence put it like this. Our only business is to love and delight ourselves in God. That's a great quote. Our only business is to what? Love and delight ourselves in God. After all these years of following Christ, going on 29 or 30 now, sometimes I don't even know exactly. This is the best way I can put it to you. This is just a personal heart cry that I, I was thinking. I am hopelessly in love with Jesus and helplessly dependent on him for everything good in me and in this life. That's just, that's just, I just, that, that's who I am. If you want to know who I am, I am what? Hopelessly in love with who? Jesus. And I'm helplessly dependent upon him. Listen, listen. For anything good in me. And anything good in this life. And so I worship out of response to that. I give God my best because he's given me his best. Hey, I, I, I quoted this verse earlier. Here it is. Let us read it out loud at all of our campuses. Go. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Watch this. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day, what? Approaching. Again, I am fully aware that worship is a 24 7, 365 deal. If you are a God lover, please don't hear any of this as my way of minimalizing worship to just what we do on Sundays. No. We worship from the sun up to sundown, Psalm 113, from the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, what? The name of the Lord shall be praised. But it culminates weekly. It comes together weekly in the life of the believer when she or he puts up a guardrail. And that weekly, listen, that weekly habit, that habitual 
practice of worshiping God with the people of God allows every other guardrail usually to stay firmly planted. Last thing, write, write this in if you would, please. We worship God with others. We worship God with others. That's what that Hebrews 10, 24 was. Don't give up the habit of meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us spur one another on. The Bible is saying worship is this guardrail and it's a we thing. Everybody say, it's a we thing. It's, it's communal. It's plural. We worship God with others. We worship the singularity of God, yet we worship in community. This is what I've been talking about for the last six months, and it's really catching on and getting traction in this church. I believe it is something for us to hold on to for the next season, at least chapter three in the life of this church. This is what I mean when I talk about church is a place where we are needed and known. Where we are what? Needed and known. One more time, where we are needed and known. It's a we thing. Worship is where we encourage one another. Worship is where we bear one another's burdens. Weekly worship is where we learn from one another's teachings and mistakes. Worship is when we have the opportunity to build others up. It's a we thing. We hear great songs of praise. Hello, even if we can't sing. We receive the Lord's Supper together. We celebrate baptisms together. We pray for one another. Others pray for us. And God meets us here. It's a we thing. And, and you thought you were just coming to church today. You're actually fulfilling scripture. You're actually planting a guardrail today. And if you're not in the habitual practice of doing it every, there's a rhythm to it. Six days we work, seventh day we worship. Six days we work, seventh day we rest and worship. It, there's a rhythm to it. We rest. And did you notice that the Bible said in the very first passage we read from Exodus that God rested? I just feel, feel led to lean into this for just a moment. Some of you are here and you're fried. You just aren't practicing Sabbath rest. And I don't want to make you feel guilty about it because for some of you, that'll just make you work harder. But it's not God's plan for your soul. And you're looking at a man, you're looking at a man who has not always aced this one. If you haven't figured it out, I kind of work on Sunday. <laughs> you thought about that? And so sometimes I work all week and then I work on Sunday. And this has been an area where I have grown so much in the last five years. So much, thanks be to God. And I, still, I don't ace it every single week, I'm not saying that. But I've learned that my good, good father knows what's best for me. And I've learned that God has designed and orchestrated and pre-planned, if you will, a rhythm to my life. Six days on, seventh day off in the house of the Lord. 
Six days on, seventh day rest, worshiping God with God's people. So I realized today, this might not be the tantalizing, sexy, controversial subject that we've had the last few weeks. Some of you are like, dang, I liked it better when he was talking about sex. <laughs> but I'm telling you, you plant this one, you get in the habit of weekly worshiping God with God's people in God's house, submitting to God's word. Oh my word, it, it changes everything. It, it, it enables you to, to plant and keep planted all the other guardrails. And so today, some of you have the unbelievable privilege of getting baptized. What an act of worship! Baptism, going into the waters of baptism, being immersed, dying to old self, being buried with Christ, as Paul would say. And then a pastor is going to raise you up, symbolic of being raised with Christ. And a lot of you came today, and you know that you're going to get baptized. You already came with it in your plans. But others of you are here today, and you had no idea that God's going to tap you on your shoulder and say, today is the day. For you, you might say, well, I, I didn't make plans. I don't have shorts. We got you covered. I didn't bring a towel. We got you covered. I can't get this shirt wet. We got you covered. Everything you could possibly think of, any excuse you might think to give, we got you covered. And maybe today, could be that defining moment where you say, I'm going to commit my life to weekly surrendering and worshiping with God's people in God's house. And today I'm going to let it be a defining moment as I step out and get plunged into the waters of baptism as my public profession of faith, as my public act of worship. You know, when you study the Gospels, it's, it's fascinating to me to study the life of Jesus. And you might want to do this. Just study Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And, and try to come up with what you think are the most defining moments of Jesus' earthly ministry. As I study it, I think there are a few. The first one, of course, is when he felt called to preach. Remember Luke chapter 4. And he went into the temple, remember? And he preached his inaugural sermon in Luke chapter 4. You remember this? It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He quotes Isaiah. For the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, sight to the blind, et cetera, et cetera. And then he says, he gets finished, he rolls the scroll up, remember? And he says, today, today this scripture has been fulfilled. That, that was a defining moment for Jesus. Here's another one. When he went into the temple, remember? Oh, my. And they had turned his father's house into a business instead of the house of prayer. You remember what he did? He turned over the tables and ran the money changers out with whips and cords. Talking about righteous anger. 
That was a defining moment. Not just for what he did, check it out. Most reputable scholars, and I would definitely say this, they will tell you that that was such a defining moment. From that moment forward, Jesus was a dead man walking. They marked him, you're going down, buddy. You have come and meddled in something you should not have meddled in. It's a defining moment. Another defining moment for Jesus was the day he submitted to baptism. And he went to the Jordan River and he got baptized. And as he went into the waters of baptism and as he came back up, do you remember what thundered from heaven? The voice of his heavenly father, our heavenly father, my good, good father, thundered down, this is my beloved son in whom I am what church? I am well pleased. See, you people know the word of the Lord. I love it. It was a defining moment. What about you? What about you today saying, I'm going to follow Christ into the waters of baptism. And in doing so, I'm going to publicly profess my faith in him. And from this day forward, I'm going to plant the guardrail of weekly worship in the house of God with the people of God. That's what I'm inviting you to today. Let's pray together. Father, um, I don't know where I would be. God, I am sinful like everyone else here. I fall short of your glory time and time again. But God, I have no idea where I would be if you didn't instruct me and I didn't surrender and submit and form the habit, the weekly habit of worship. God, I'm certain my life would have been wrecked many times over. But you're a good God and you've instructed us and you're calling us as the people of New Hope to be a part of a community where we are truly needed, where we, we serve and we honor you with our lives and we're known by those who do life with us. Father, I pray that that would happen on Sunday mornings at all of our campuses. I pray that that would happen in our worship centers, in our children's ministry, in our student ministries, in our life groups, God, that we would be a community truly and authentically and transparently needed and known. May it be a weekly guardrail to the glory and the honor of your son, Jesus. May we build our lives upon you. A God who pursues us with a reckless kind of love. We pray it all in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, 
and amen.